Hello, and namaste, and welcome everybody to Living from the Heart. This is our very first Living from the Heart session. So I thought I'd give a brief introduction about what Living from the Heart is all about. And the format of each session will go like this. I'll begin with a short poem that I've written myself and use that poem as an introduction to a Dharma talk. And Dharma can mean teaching and truth and path. And it's all of these things when it comes into a Dharma talk, we get to introduce all sorts of different wisdom teachings and ideas all around helping us live from our center. And then we'll close out each session with a short 15-minute meditation. So to begin today's session, I wanted to introduce a poem. And this poem is called My School. When I go to school, I want to major in love, minor in compassion, study the heart, and learn how to live. Why is that so hard? Surely I am not the only one, perhaps you too. In my school, love rules. In my school, we dance, we play. In my school, emotions are not to be pushed away, but cared for every day. In my school, gratitude is grown, compassion is cultivated, empathy is emphasized. In my school, there is discipline, discipline in not turning away, facing suffering, and helping those in need. Why don't they teach us this in school? Teach us how to become lovers, how to become friends. Teach us to understand and teach us to dream. Do you remember how to dream? And that poem is from my first collection entitled Drinking Roses on Sunday. And drinking roses on Sunday to me is my way of saying that love is my religion. And I have decided that love is the reason that we are here on this planet. And I decided I wanted to devote my life to love. And as soon as I stepped foot on this path of love, I realized just how challenging it is. And that there are not schools for love and there are not corporations devoted to love that you can apply to for a job. So I had to carve out my own entirely unique path. And if you want to live love, you will also have to carve out your own path. And today I'd like to talk about why love is so important and why we should spend an hour, a week, or even more on cultivating the heart. And one of the biggest reasons we need to take time out of our days to cultivate our heart space is because we need to balance the incredibly lopsided development that we all went through growing up. The truth of the matter is we live in a very cognitive centric society. We live in a world where most people are living from their shoulders up. We are lost in our own thoughts, believing everything that we think, and we have totally forgotten about the realm of the heart. 
there is a story about a monk who was asked to describe Western civilization. And then he replied, lost in thought. And this is how our schools are organized, as we are meant to absorb and learn different pieces of information and knowledge in order to be more in our thinking mind. And when we forget about the heart, it has very real consequences. Now, I don't want to negate the mind. The mind is a wonderful tool. As the saying goes, the mind is a wonderful slave, but a terrible master. And the mind has taken us far. It has given us incredible technological progress. You're probably listening to my voice on an electronic device that is downloading my voice from some server that we call the cloud. And technology has brought us cars and phones and televisions and dialysis machines and wonderful things that have propelled society forward. But it's important to know that the mind can only take us so far. And an unrestrained, undisciplined mind can do terrible things as well. I often note that the first atom was split in 1938. And that is when we discovered that if we are able to split atoms, an enormous amount of energy can be created. And it took just seven years for this knowledge to be turned into a bomb that killed hundreds and thousands of human beings. So the mind might make us powerful, but it is the heart that makes us human. And it was Aristotle that said that educating the mind without educating the heart is no education at all. And it's no education at all because our heart is what tells us what we value. Our heart is what tells us what's important. And we live in a society surrounded and propelled by money, material wealth, cognitive thinking, and we have lost what really matters, social connection, social belonging, kindness, compassion, and all the qualities that we associate with the heart. And we even see this now. We see some of the biggest companies in the world are tech companies, and these are companies not based in love. And because of that, we are all in what is known as the paradox of loneliness. And the paradox of loneliness is the finding that, in theory, we should all be feeling more connected. With our devices, we are connected to everyone on the planet with just a few clicks. However, the paradox is that although, in theory, we should be more connected, is that our subjective feeling of connectedness is less and less. In fact, if you look at each subsequent generation over the past 150 years, you will find that each generation after the next is more lonely, more isolated. We socialize with each other less, we go out less, and we stay inside more. And that is because our organization principle of society is not around connection and belonging. And we have to correct this. We have to correct this lopsided development that has spent so much time focusing on information and knowledge and the mind and to return back to the heart. We have to live from our heart.
I'd like to read you a letter. And the letter is an excerpt of a full letter that was written by Holocaust survivors to educators. And the letter goes like this. I am a survivor of a concentration camp. My eyes saw what no person should witness. Gas chambers built by learned engineers. Children poisoned by educated physicians. Infants killed by trained nurses. Women and babies shot by high school and college graduates. So I am suspicious of education. My request is this, help your children become human. Your efforts must never produce learned monsters, skilled psychopaths, or educated Eichmanns. Reading, writing, and arithmetic are important only if they serve to make our children more human. And that excerpt was published in Teacher and Child by Dr. Haim Gano, a child psychologist and author. And it brings us back to correcting the lopsided development of too much mind and not enough heart. Because when there's too much mind, we have children poisoned by educated physicians, infants killed by trained nurses. When we are cut off from our heart, we lose the chance to empathize, to understand another human being. So we have to come back to the heart. And one really beautiful way of coming back to the heart is by utilizing what are known as the two wings of our spiritual awakening. And the first wing of our spiritual awakening is our attention. And the second wing of our spiritual awakening is our intention. So I'm talking about wings like wings on a bird. And you can imagine if you only have one wing, what happens? You spin in circles and you go absolutely nowhere. So these two wings have to work together. The first wing is our attention. And our attention needs to be in the present moment, focused in the here and now. And this is so different and so contrary to how most people live their life. To most people, the present moment is a small sliver of existence between an infinite future and a past which we have experienced some slice of. But this is a false reality created by the mind. And in truth, the present moment is all there is and all there is ever going to be. And the mind is what takes us out of the present moment. It is the mind that imagines this future and takes us back to the past. But if you want to come into the present moment, here's the trick. Come into your body. The mind might take you to tomorrow or yesterday, but it is the body that is living, breathing right now. It is your heart that is beating right now. And when you come back to the body, when you come back to this feeling, sensations of being here right now, you immediately become present to the present moment. And of course, what else is in your body? The heart. And when we start to become present, the mind will protest. The mind hates being present because the mind wants to go to the future. It wants to go to the past. It wants to imagine situations that will never happen in this reality. So in order to become present, we have to discipline the mind. And I 
talk a lot about discipline in my teachings. And one of the things I emphasize is that discipline and disciple come from the same root. And people think of discipline and they think of, um, think of a form of punishment. So after a child misbehaves, then you have to discipline them in order for them to understand. This is not the original meaning of discipline. And discipline and disciple both mean to impart knowledge. And the basic idea is that if you are a student in class, in order for you to learn anything, you must have the discipline to sit in your chair and to take in the information that is being presented. So if the children in class are running around the room, playing and laughing and not paying any attention to the teacher, of course, they're not going to learn anything. But the discipline that we're talking about in this case is a very unique discipline of sitting still and being present. And I will tell you time and time again, in my teachings and on this podcast, that you will learn more about yourself, about the nature of reality, and about the heart by sitting still for five, 10 minutes a day than you will in any library, book, lecture hall, or degree program because that is the true meaning of disciple, is having the discipline so that a new level of knowledge can be imparted upon you. So our attention practice involves being here, being now, and it is key if we are to truly learn anything. Just like the kid that is running around the classroom, not paying any attention to the teacher, If we're unable to take discipline to our meditation practice and to our heart practice, we won't gain the true heart wisdom that we need so desperately in this world. And it's hard. As I said, the mind will protest. If you sit down for five minutes, your mind will tell you what a waste of time you are doing how you need to be checking things off your to-do list, and it will be imagining all sorts of situations that you have to attend to right in this moment. So a really wonderful and a really beautiful question of inquiry as you're beginning your meditation practice is, is there anything in my life right now that needs to be solved right now? And most often, 99% of the time, the answer is no. The answer is the dishes or the phone calls or the emails can wait for the five to 10 minutes, perhaps even 30 minutes for you to sit down and meditate. So many people consider the present moment focus of the here and now as mindfulness. And mindfulness is a very beautiful quality that we can all cultivate in our meditation practice. But what I often stress is that if we're thinking of mindfulness as part of the Eightfold Path of Buddhism, it's not just mindfulness. It is right mindfulness. The Sanskrit word is sangaksmirti. And we have to apply that right mindfulness. And that is one that is infused with our intention. And I'll get into what our intention is in just a moment, but I want to go back to that Sanskrit word, Samyak Smirti. And Smirti means to remember. And this is what is so crucial in our meditation practice on living from the heart, on coming back to the heart, is the first thing we have to do is remember. 
We have to remember to be present. And when the mind takes us elsewhere in the past, in the future, the quicker we are able to notice it, to not judge it, and to return to the present moment, the better our meditation will be. One of my favorite teachers is the Vietnamese monk Thich Nhat Hanh. And he says this quote, and it goes, the most important thing is to remember the most important thing. And I love this so much because it's open to interpretation. What is the most important thing to you? Might be different than the most important thing to somebody else. But our spiritual practice, our meditation practice is remembering that thing. So, Paying attention to the here and now requires discipline. When we bring discipline to our practice, we gain knowledge and wisdom. And you have probably experienced this in your own life in different ways. We often think that we can play an audiobook and then go about our day, go driving, cooking, go running, and we'll internalize the information. But it doesn't quite work that way, unfortunately. You can't listen to an audiobook on speaking a new language and take a nap and expect to absorb the information in the audiobook. You have to pay attention. Another saying is that human beings are great multitaskers, but terrible multifocusers. We may be able to do multiple tasks at once, but truly we can only focus on one task and truly internalize what that task is trying to teach us. So our presence is what really matters most when we come from the heart. We have to be here now. That is the first step towards being there for other people is quite literally being there. So the most important thing is to remember the most important thing. And what is the most important thing? Our intention. And that is the second wing of our spiritual awakening is our intention. And our intention is what brings us back to love. Our intention is what brings us back to what truly matters in life. And those intentions that we set are internal qualities of the heart that we can simultaneously bring into this moment right now and cultivate in this moment right now. So our intention is those qualities that matter the most to us in this life. Qualities like kindness, forgiveness, compassion, love, understanding, joy, peace. All of these things are practices. They are things that we choose to bring into our life every day and, in fact, every moment. My favorite teacher is John O'Donohue, has a very short phrase, and he says, May I live this day compassionate of heart, clear in word, gracious in awareness, courageous in thought, and generous in love. And all of those are beautiful intentions to bring into our life, to be compassionate in our heart, clear in our word, gracious in our present moment awareness, generous in our love. And that first sentence of that phrase, may I live this day, 
is how we set our intentions. Our intentions reflect a present moment desire to head towards a certain direction while releasing any attachment for that thing to actually happen. So we say, may I become more compassionate today? May I? I'm going to try. If I'm not more compassionate, that will be okay too, because tomorrow will be another day. And that's an important part of learning anything as human beings, is we try, we see how well we do, we correct, and we try again. And today we live in compassion of heart, gracious and awareness and generous and love. And tomorrow we live compassionate of heart, gracious and awareness, generous and love. And it keeps going. And all of our intentions are seeds that we plant in our own minds. And we water those seeds with our attention. And this brings us back to the two wings of spiritual awakening. We can plant the seeds of our intention, but the light and the water is our attention. Because again, we need that discipline to be in the present moment and to focus on the here and now. So in Living from the Heart, we'll introduce a number of really beautiful meditations around cultivating the heart. But really the first step is to sharpen our awareness, to be able to focus and concentrate on the meditations themselves. Because if you do a 30-minute metta meditation, for example, and metta means loving kindness, and there are many beautiful metta meditations that you can find online. And later on in Living from the Heart, we'll also do a metta meditation. But if you do like a 30-minute metta meditation, and for 29 of those minutes, your mind is singing the song that is stuck in your head and thinking about how you're hungry and thinking about how you're tired, then of course, you're not going to experience any of the benefits of the meditation itself. So this is why we have two wings to our spiritual awakening. And we'll come back to these wings again and again when we talk about living from the heart. Because we don't want to love tomorrow. We don't want to love yesterday. We want to love right here and right now. We need to bring our attention to our hearts in this moment. And we need to set the intention to grow and cultivate our love. And in yoga philosophy, we bring two types of energies to our practice. The first one is our sadhana, which again means practice. And our practice is something we return to again and again and again and again. And then along with that, we bring our non-attachment. So it's practice, non-attachment, practice, non-attachment. Or as one teacher said to me, Never give up and completely let go. Never give up on cultivating the heart qualities of love, kindness, compassion, and goodwill towards others and completely let go. And we see this too anytime we grow a plant. We can plant the seed, we can water the soil, make sure the soil has enough nutrients, keep the weeds and the pests away, but in the end, the growing of the plant is not up to us. And the same idea, as we grow our love, 
as we grow our kindness, we set the stage, we plant the seeds, we water the seeds with our intention, and we allow these qualities to naturally grow inside of us. And this is where the mind wants to be productive, wants measurements and graphs to understand the mysteries of the heart. But it doesn't work that way. We have to experience a different way of being, a different way of experiencing this world when it comes to living from the heart. So to close out this first session, I want to do a very simple meditation. And some of you may have done it before. And this meditation involves a beautiful mantra. And the mantra is inhale love and exhale gratitude. Now on the inhale, we inhale love we have received in our lives. We inhale the meaningful experiences that we have had in our lives. And on our exhale, we release an overwhelming sense of gratitude for this world and for this life. We use the term beautiful to mean full of beauty. And we use the word grateful to mean full of an appreciation of all things that are great. Gratitude is such an important quality we want to bring to our practice. And it's another seed that we get to plant. And that's another thing about the heart. The heart wants to savor things. The mind already has moved on to the next thing. You experience something good, the mind wants it again and again and more of it again and again. But if we really want to live from the heart, we have to savor our experiences in this life. We have to internalize them. If we want happiness, and we all want happiness, we have to intentionally cultivate an appreciation for all things that are great in our life, to lament less on the things that are missing in our life and bring more the things that are good. So this meditation will be split up into three easy sections. First five minutes, we have to become present and we'll use the breath to focus our concentration. The next five minutes, we'll think about the love that we have received in our life. In the next five minutes, we'll exhale gratitude for the things in our life. So when you're ready, find yourself sitting comfortably. Elevate the spine, relax the shoulders, rest your palms, soften your gaze, your eyes can be open or closed. And start by taking three deep breaths. And on these breaths, take a deep inhale through your nose and have a long, slow exhale through your mouth. You might imagine like a coffee press grounding your energy down as you inhale. Exhale, relax. Last inhale. And then simply inhale and exhale out through your nostrils. And let us focus our attention 
not just on the breath, but on the specific area of the breath at our nostrils and above our upper lip. There are many ways to focus on the breath. And for today, let's just focus on the raw sensation of the breath as it flows in and out of our nostrils. As you focus on the breath, notice anytime your mind wanders and without judgment, without reactivity, bring it back to the breath, back to the breath, back to the breath. If your attention has wandered, bring it back to the breath. One more time, focus on the breath. Now, let us shift our focused attention away from the breath to different love that we have received in our life. So even right now, think about who you care about and who cares about you. This can be a friend, a family member, even a pet, 
Is anybody in your life who brings a smile to your face, who you can share and confide in? And as you think about this person, really feel into your chest and see if you can feel a warmth emanating from your chest. And then moving into the past, think about anybody in your life who has helped you become the person that you are today. What teachers, friends, family members have had a positive effect on your life? What past partners, intimate partners, help shape you become the person you are today. And who has taken care of you when you were much younger? Who was there to feed you, clothe you, shelter you? Who was there to pick you up from school, to take you where you needed to go? And also, as you think about those really momentous times in your life, those times of real joy, who was there? Perhaps the birth of a child, your own child, perhaps a graduation, perhaps winning something like a prize, an achievement, or a sports game. Who is there to share in this experience with you, to support you, and to smile as you smiled? And as you think of these joyous experiences, as you think of this kindness that you have received in your life, again, see if you can feel a warmth emanating from your chest.
And next, after we have inhaled all this love, let us exhale the gratitude. Let us exhale a sense of appreciation for all of these experiences, all of these people, perhaps even pets. Sending out your appreciation to the world for shaping you, supporting you, for the people that have been here for you, for the teachers, the supporters, the people who have loved you, any sense of kindness that you have received in this world, inhale that love and exhale an overwhelming sense of gratitude. And see if you can feel that warmth that was in your chest. Begin to emanate outside of you. Begin to actually reach out into the world. Touching these people, things, places, events. Where you felt love. Some say that loving kindness is where mindfulness meets the world with appreciation. So can you meet this world, your memories, these people, this life, with a warm appreciation? And as you continue to take this warmth and love in your heart and emanate it out into the world, also include anything that you are grateful for. What in your life right now can you be grateful for? Everything from the simple. Can you be grateful for your health, for shelter, for food? To the ground, can you be grateful for the people, for this world, for the trees, the sky, for this gift of life we have been given?
and closing out our meditation. Once again, take a few deep breaths. Just coming into the here and now of this moment where everything, including you, is exactly as it is supposed to be. Thank you for joining me this week for Living from the Heart. My name is Zach Beach. To learn more about me, head to zachbeach.com. Namaste.